and welcome to Cornwall Insights podcast. This edition is coming from Dublin in Ireland. My name is Evie Doherty. I'm a senior consultant and I'm here with Connell Bulger, who heads up the Cornwall Insight Ireland's office here. We cover Ireland and Northern Ireland. And today we're going to talk about changes in the PPA market over the last year, because there's been a large change, obviously, moving from the SEM pool market to the ISEM traded market. So hello, Connell. Good morning, Evie. So, Connell, um, what would you say off the top of your head is the largest change we've seen in the PPA market over the last year? Well, I think stepping back a little, it's going to first principles. The single biggest change that's been wrought by the change in trading arrangements, so the so the, impl- the impact of the ISEM project, has been the introduction of balancing risk. It affects all participants, but it has profound and deep impacts on PPAs, in, in my opinion. If you think about what is a PPA, it, you know, it's a power purchase agreement. Really, it's there to provide a route to market for a generator. So, generator gets a power purchase agreement for a price. They agree that with an off-taker. Traditionally, it's been suppliers in the Irish market. They take that to a financial or institution or lender, uh, who then, in turn, finances the project on the basis of those uh, revenues within that agreement. Within the Irish market, those revenues would have been guaranteed under the programme called REFIT, Renewable Energy Feed-In Tariff. This provided a fixed price to suppliers who were then incentivized to provide these contracts to generators. So the vast majority of renewable capacity that's been built in Ireland uh, has been funded under REFIT, uh, both one and two for a lot of the wind projects and three for more the biomass end of the market. In the north, uh, the previous structure was the renewables obligation, which was a certificate. Um, That operated slightly differently in that the the certificates accrued to generators, who then provided them to uh, the supplier off-taker, and they were then remunerated for those. So their fundamental role was really giving uh, a lender, uh, a forward view of the likely revenues the project is going to accrue and allows them to value the cash flow from that project and then lend on that basis. So if we're to say then, ISEM started in on the 1st of October 2018 mm. and there was a lot of preparation um, coming up to that time because obviously contracts needed to be changed, commercial arrangements needed to be changed. And I've heard it said that some people, um, certainly generators, found this to be quite a large adjustment in the sense of having to think about balancing risk, which is something they didn't have to think about before. Mm-hmm. Um, the refit reference price changed from the old SEM SMP price or the system marginal price to now the new ISEM price, which is based on the day ahead price and the balancing price. There's a lot of work. There's been a lot of activity and, and buzz around this. Um how would you comment on that whole period of time? And would you say that it's, it's all resolved and done and dusted? If only life were so simple. The balancing risk was a big change because for the first time ever, people were responsible for ensuring that whatever they had traded in the market matched their output to the, to the extent uh, in the market. And they were financially liable for differences between those. 
Um, for, what this does is it affects the level of risk associated with the output. The renewable feed-in tariff was rebalanced to refer to the balancing price in a way that it hadn't before, meaning that all of a sudden there was a new category of risk introduced into the, contract, into the contractual relationship between an off-taker and a supplier. And risk has to be priced in and dealt with. In addition to the market changing for traded power, the, the basis for the contracts between gen renewable generators and suppliers had also changed. It created a lot of activity in the PPA space, as you noted. Um, in the run-up to Market Go Live, this was one of the most active spaces with people uh, trying to renegotiate agreements, uh, potential new off-takers and suppliers trying to capture market share from existing suppliers, and generators sort of trying to make sense of the whole thing, look, looking around them and suddenly being asked about balanced responsibility and forecasting in a way that they probably had never thought about before. So, Connell, with the new SEM market, or ISEM uh, project, as it's still uh, called by some people, there are two sort of main markets. You have your ex-ante market and you have your balancing market. When we talk about ex-ante, people usually mean what's known as the day ahead market. As part of the design of this project, the whole idea was that all of the trading of power is done in the day ahead market as much as possible and very little of it goes into the balancing market. Can you explain to our listeners what is the difference between day ahead and balancing as these are terms that get thrown around quite frequently nowadays? Yes, and we're not averse to throwing those terms around ourselves. Um, the day ahead market is, as you say, intended to be the primary market in which people trade power. So what it means really is that people bid in, uh, bid in or make offers to trade a day ahead of when power is delivered. Uh, they then receive a schedule and they are, their plant is operated according to that schedule. That's how it's supposed to work in an ideal world. Now, as you get closer and closer to actual delivery of power, so each half hour in the day, the system operator is trying to balance the system. They're trying to make sure that demand and supply meet each other. So the system operator looks across all these trades uh, in aggregate and makes decisions on how they're going to balance the system. Balancing market is one way in which they can do that. Participants bid in the costs of go basically varying their output up or down. The idea is this should encourage an efficient stack of generators uh, to help meet the balancing requirements. Now, that that's that's very interesting in a world in which all generation is pure, fully controllable and dispatchable, uh, that they all do what they're told, when they're told, and there's lots of available capacity on the network to meet the requirements. But we're dealing with weather. Yes. So in a system that is uh, currently able to do 65% of its power coming from wind at a given moment in time. And in fact, we've seen 80% overnight recently. The level of stable output is a lot more, it's a lot lower in that system. And the challenge becomes that with winds going up and down, 
it, it can potentially feed into some of the volatility in the balancing market. The variations in renewable generation can really feed through into uh, pricing in the balancing market. And it's very early uh, in the market, as you rightly noted in the question. So we're all learning. The system operator is learning, participants are learning. There are still probably kinks to be worked out. And there's been a lot of disputes raised in the market and a lot of them have been concentrated around the space balancing. So we would expect to see that early in the market. Uh, hopefully that won't persist into the future. Sometimes with great change, there can also be great opportunity. Um, would you say that there were new opportunities for generators or, and off-takers in this market? Maybe new products, for example? So what, what the new market does is it rewards trading capability. The new market introduces upside as well as downside risk in that there are opportunities for those who are good at trading power, who are good at forecasting, to manage balancing in the market and potentially uh, make money if they trade their power well. We've seen a number of responses to balancing risk in the market. Um, Two main uh, strategies that have emerged have been people looking to actively trade renewables uh, in, uh, in the day ahead market and people who have looked to uh, spill or basically just accept the balancing price of the market. Those are two ends of a spectrum and then in the middle you have sort of a blended approach. The feedback we've been getting from the market has been that if you were to adopt the but more actively traded strategy, i.e. You, you participate more in the day ahead market and the balancing market, uh, you will be rewarded for that more than if you had spilled into the balancing market. However, that um, requires uh, real trading capability and expertise. One of the challenges with um, a balancing risk is that basically, if you are participating in the markets, you're trading in the market, you're trying to capture market price, and you have a PPA where you have promised a fixed price to a renewable generator, that leaves you at risk of a misalignment between what you've traded in the market and what the renewable generator uh, is, uh, what you've agreed, what you've contracted with the renewable generator for. That misalignment um, can also be compounded if you haven't uh, taken measures to try and uh, hedge your risk in the market. So it really emphasizes the, the importance of if you're going to manage balance and risk, being able to trade in the market. Now, off-takers have responded in a number of ways. Some have just decided to pass through balancing market prices onto renewable generators uh, through the PPA when they renegotiated it. A lot of the new entrants are looking at offering more direct trading services, um, as well as a couple of the existing trading companies as well. So we're seeing a divergence in the market in a way we've never seen before, just purely on trading of the power for renewables. In addition, there are a whole suite of possible ancillary services beyond pure trading of the power that other players are beginning to offer and are becoming evident in the market. Uh, 
a lot of them, a lot of them are around helping participants protect themselves uh, it, from price fluctuations, offering contractual structures that help people hedge some of their risk, perhaps in the day ahead market if they're going to be more actively traded. Potentially offering people access to credit or uh, looking at oh, kind of what what the jargon, the trading jargon really is about liquidity, but effectively giving people options to manage their exposure across the market. So to kind of bring it up a level and think about what that looks like in practice. Last year, if you were uh, an independent generator with two or three turbines on a hill, you had a PPA with a counterparty, you received the set payments under that PPA, the market did what the market did and you were usually fairly agnostic to that and your, your off-taker just traded the power in the market. This year, you could have a new PPA with a new off-taker or vary the terms of your existing one. You're potentially monitoring the market now, uh, keeping an eye on the market price because that, that, that can get transferred through into your monthly invoice and the monthly cash payment from your off-taker. You might have gone out to market and gotten some hedging services. You could have uh, a, co- a, common, a common framework in the market as being contracts for differences. You could have bought a contract for difference to hedge yourself against the day out market. And meanwhile, you're looking on your phone, managing all of this through your apps, as well as getting up every morning and look, call, calling your turbine manufacturer to make sure that the turbines are running as well as they should be running. So it's quite a big change, and it's also quite a rapid change. In other markets where these changes happen, they happen slowly. They take time for it to bed in. And there is definitely a point of view in the market that these changes are not are going to bed in over a long period of time. However, participants are responding to the market and what we're seeing is that while they're not responding uh, in a consistent way, different people are responding at different speeds to the incentives and structures. There's definitely a diversification happening amongst them. Some are looking to develop portfolios, get into kind of trading their own power more. Others are getting more sophisticated in their interactions with their off-takers. Some just don't want to know about it and are just looking for a simple life. And conversely, we're seeing this diversification in participant responses is, has been accompanied by this growing complexity of products in the market, um, which has led to new entrants coming in, different people offering different services, so all of a sudden, this market is, get, is shifting. And this shift has happened in a very short period of time. And as we kind of cast our eyes forward, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to believe that the market is going to go back to the way it was or that simplicity is going to suddenly reign. So if we were to look at, for example, the prices that we've had over the last few months, um, so ISAM now has been going for nearly four months. And um, what we've seen is a lot of volatility in the day ahead and the balancing price, which was to be expected. It's a brand new market. It's a totally different structure from before. So a lot of the contracts that um, people have signed for PPAs now have short-term clauses in them, maybe for one year, for example. In a year, people were going to revisit the prices and maybe um, might be some benchmarking of prices and so forth. So to your point of 
it is hard to imagine us going back to where we were before. It also looks like in the future we're going to move towards areas where there might be more liquidity in the PPA market or, or periods of time of, of more activity. We also have the new renewable support scheme coming in, hopefully this year, but possibly next year. So there'll be a new flurry of activity, uh, no doubt around that. So casting ahead, say for the next two or three years, what do you think are going to be the biggest areas of activity we're going to see in the PPA market? Everyone's getting very excited about the new renewable energy support scheme because it's a new route to market for um, renewables participants that is government backed and the volumes look promising um, looking the given the direction of travel and government policy the that res isn't designed to satisfy 55% of renewable electricity um, and what seems like it's very much going to be a minimum aspiration um, the a lot of Irish energy policies devolved around shifting the energy demand from heat and transport into electrification and increasing making the electrification of itself more sustainable i.e more renewable generation looks like there's going to be high volumes of interest for res backed ppas in the market and in the north after a long period of relative policy stagnation it looks like the department for economy are starting to get into the business of developing renewable energy policy again, which is very exciting and means that we could have some active uh, subsidized projects in that end of the market. The two other sides where we're likely to see developments uh, in the next uh, couple of years, probably around the areas of corporate PPAs and the growth and services to help manage balancing and trading risk in the market. Corporate PPAs have been like waiting for the dart outside Dublin. The screen shows us coming in five minutes, three minutes, two minutes, then 25 minutes. There's been a lot of sound and fury about corporate PPAs, and there's definitely divergent views in the market about the likelihood of a lot of activity coming from them. There's been a lot of sound and fury in the market about corporate PPAs and their likelihood or, or lack thereof. And there's definitely divergent views on the topic in the market. However, we're definitely starting to encounter them. We're starting to encounter people who are looking to do deals in this space. So I think I'd be surprised if we didn't see deal flow in this space in 2019. In addition, uh, we're seeing a growth in the services to manage both trading and balancing risk. This seems to be driven by, by a mix of market demand whereby participants are becoming aware of the implications of their balancing risk and trying to figure out ways of managing it, and the new entrants coming in looking to provide those services into the market. These are not necessarily direct PPAs, but potentially hedging liquidity or forwards products uh, essentially means for them to help protect themselves from market fluctuations and volume fluctuations. So maybe then as a sort of a final uh, final point of discussion, um, you know, in your view, what do you think the Irish government should be thinking about in terms of encouraging more activity in that space, encouraging investment, uh, encouraging liquidity? I think there's two elements of that. One is getting the policy framework right, and one is creating the 
appropriate structures uh, to develop an industry. First things first, it's all well and good my talking about RES-backed projects, but RES itself needs to get going. So that means development of the detailed rules for the auctions, progressing through the state aid approval process, getting those rules out to, into the market so people so they can be consulted upon. There's an awful lot of people active in this market who are very familiar with auction regimes in other jurisdictions who would have a lot of valuable experience that could be fed into that consultation process. Some people we know quite well. <laughs> Ourselves included. So in addition to getting res away, it's about applying pressure to the process so that key delivery agents such as the ESB networks uh, can help projects get delivered in a, in a quick and cost-efficient uh, time. That grid connection cost is an important element of getting costs down uh, in this market. And participants seem to be quite concerned about grid cost and timelines uh, at the moment. So hopefully that is something that uh, we can work on collectively. And of course, that's something that investors are interested in as well, because for their financial modeling, they need to know what timelines are, what possible revenues are coming down the line. And there's a certain amount of certainty that they also need. Yeah. It's like back to balancing risk. If there's risk, it gets priced in uh, in some way. Uh, somebody has to pay, pay, bear that cost in some uh, some point. Well, thank you, Connell. That's been a really enlightening discussion. And of course, if our listeners would like to find out more information about our services or get in touch with Connell or myself, please visit our website as we'll be able to provide more information about this podcast, our future podcasts, or indeed our intelligence services, consultancy services, and training services. Connell, thank you very much. Been a pleasure. Thank you.